welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about all the scary things that are happening and the scarier thing in the deep dark. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we cover Fate of the Jedi, Book 3, Abyss, Chapters 5 through 8. The chapters where all of the mysterious dangers of the universe are finally presented to us, clearly, and pointedly, through the chapters, right? But first, bum bum bum, previously, on Forever Canon, Han and Leia break prison proto, armbar engaged. Luke asks Ben a question, Ben's answer is wrong? An ancient abandoned space station with bug bodies and needy tentacles. Two more Jedi flip the switch, and Jaina and Jag make out. <laughs> That's everything you need to be caught up on to join us this week, where we start with Chapter 5. That was the dopest intro I've ever done. I need you to say words. I might need you yeah, to pepper yeah. some comments in every once in a yeah. while. But that I know you were just trying to watch, wait for that train wreck to happen. <laughs> it really I was. fucking nailed it. It really was. Chapter 5. By the way. It was close for a second. Can you open that book up for me to a chapter? Yes. And tell me if it has a location heading. It does not. Okay. Because I thought so. None of these chapters do. So uh, For a while, we kind of st- we stay in the same place, right? But then as even when we do jump around, we don't really get consistent location he- headings. No. Uh, titles. Whatever you would call it. Yeah, because I just went from... I just checked like one of the later chapters in, the, in this set. And where it actually does jump. Yeah, where we move. And there's, and there's no... nothing there. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could have told you that if you would refer to my notes and see there is no location heading. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't miss them. But chapter five picks up right where we left off last week. Han and Leia, Jane and... Jane. <laughs> Jane and Jag. <laughs> Han and Leia, Jane and Jag. Are having a chuckle about Jag's million credit limo. Which has been caved in by the tranquilized and now crazy Basil Wharf. That's enough of that. Yep. But I'm still correct. Now, <laughs> while Jane and Jag have the classic overdone, I can handle myself yeah. argument, right? Jag's overprotective. He says a thing. Jane is like, hey, I'm a Jedi, right? Girl power. Gotcha. And Han is like, this guy's I, not I've good had, for him. I've had this, uh, yeah. this argument a thousand million yeah. bajillion times in my life. The, Remember, you're marrying someone who can snap your neck with a thought. Yeah, exactly. Remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that. Because that's real. Yeah. She probably won't. But she is the angriest Jedi. But Han thinks to himself at this point in the conversation that Jaina shouldn't be marrying Jag. Mm-hmm. He says he'll never put Jaina above his duty. Is that true or not? Based on what we've seen previously. I would say... That's not really true. It's not what they've done. It's not true. But what they said to each other, that's 100% true. Well, but he seems to literally only break protocol for her. The only time Jag does a questionable at all thing is for the sake of Jaina Solo and whatever the hell she's trying to accomplish. And Yeah, and trying to make it so she doesn't get caught doing something she shouldn't. Because he's got immunity, whatever. Yeah, well, especially in these chapters. Yeah, but I even mean like throughout the past and throughout their whole relationship, him throughout his life, 
he's never done anything outside of uh, the expected guidelines other than when it comes to protecting Jaina. Yeah. You know, so Han is, I think, just being stereotypical, overprotective dad yeah. stuff, I guess. He's not you know? good enough for her. Yeah, kind of just deal. stereotype kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. And maybe to set us up for later on, but we'll see. <laughs> Anyways, let's get the crazy Jedi inside. Because if you don't remember last time, uh, Basil Warv, who they call Barv, and Yakil Shivtu. She of it too. Ah, yeah. I can't even remember. Either way, they went crazy last time. Yeah. Friends of the of the Horn children, part of the unit, kids from shelter in the Maw, back during the Yuzhan Vong War. Two more of them went crazy. Han and Leia were spying on them and following them, so they tranquilized, darted them, raided the back door of the Jedi Temple where Jane and Jag were making out. Yeah. And then the giant man fell on the limo, and so it's time to get the Jedi inside. Because. They just so happen to pass Galactic Alliance security on their way back to the temple, which gets <laughs> abbreviated as GAS. <laughs> you know, it's the gas. It's gas. Gag wasn't any better. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Galactic Alliance guard. But like, I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. I think for a security force, I think gag works a little better. Because it's a little like forceful sounding. Well, and I guess that's what they were, right? Yeah. And maybe maybe Dalla's Galactic Alliance security is going to be the gas on the fire that burns down the Jedi Temple. The <laughs> uh, the burns down the whole town. Uh, yeah. Well, they gotta get him inside before Plankton finishes his song. <laughs> get the Jedi. Get the crazy Jedi inside. Um. So they float Barv because he's gigantic. Yeah. But. Get this. Han and Jag carry Yaquil in. Han and Jag, who are A, not Jedi, mm-hmm. B, diplomatic representatives of a sorty separate government. Yep. Sorty. Little beady. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how the relationship is working, but based on other things that they say later on, talking about. How um, uh, Jag is the best he can, the best he can um, <laughs> get the moths to agree to, is to join the GA as an equal party. Yeah. Instead of joining the GA and becoming the GA, it'll be like a joint GA Empire government. Yeah. That's the best he can get them to agree to right now. So I don't really understand how. This is all coexisting politically right now, but that's not what Luke Skywalker said at the end of the last book series. He said, we're all one team now yep. <laughs> or else I'll kill you or I'll let other people kill. Apparently it's still a problem. Yeah. Well, moths are dick bags. But anyways, back to my point, why <laughs> there's two Jedi, Leia and Jaina. Why are they floating one of the sick Jedi and making... Non-Jedi carry the other sick Jedi. Carry her. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just... I just was thinking, like... Right as... Han is like, oh, he would never... Ditch his duty uh, to protect her or whatever. Here he is carrying an unconscious Jedi into the Jedi Temple. Who has gone crazy. And, well, Dala definitely wouldn't like that, right? Mm -hmm. So he right away is kind of disproving the point. 
And Gina even says it out loud in the text. She says, uh, what does she say? She says, the last thing you need is GAS seeing you. Well, yeah. Because you're a diplomat. Yeah, because he was like poking fun at Han because he tripped over that tripped over that, that cleaning uh, droid that cleaning droid yeah but of course they get the jedi inside it's not until their exit back out of the temple that they find the gas surrounding jag's limo holding a blaster to his driver and also holding a freshly printed warrant for the two new crazy jedi because <laughs> they, they carry around a hip printer now a little fucking game boy printer on his hip dude <laughs> yeah remember when you could print shit off a of game boy yeah it's Weird like it, yeah that's exactly what it that's is that's what i pictured yeah. yeah yeah like it yeah anyways like uh it's <laughs> you see it you know back when civilization was a thing and people would go to restaurants and maybe you would the pay by printing? debit at yeah. the table <laughs> right 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 yeah so uh god i just remember that game boy printer though <laughs> I never did Apple no. I was no. I never had cool stuff. No, we had the the minor cool stuff like oh. the whole Game Boy connector cable. Yeah, okay. Pokemon. And my Game Boy was the see through purple Game Boy. Okay, that was pretty sick. Yours yeah. was like teal. Right? Yeah, mine was a teal I don't even blue. Know what color would you you would call that? Teal or like strong aquamarine? Yeah, almost the color of the sweater you have hanging over the back of the couch that nobody can uh, see. That's blue. It's it, closer to the color of your shirt. Your shirt's got more green in it than this does. <laughs> Back to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> visual visual references. Aside. I think I still have that Game Boy. I don't. I wish I did. Wait. I'll take a look around. I don't know. God, it'd be magic, though. If, like, like I said before in other episodes of the podcast, if, like, my mom just didn't give away all my stuff when I was a kid. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, Pokemon cards? Gone. Video game systems, gone. Books, oh. gone. We were cleaning out my parents' garage. Yeah. This is completely not podcast related. But <laughs> I found a crazy bone. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Email us at forevercanonpodcast.gmail.com if you know what the fucking crazy bone is. I remember playing crazy bones with my like across-the-hall apartment neighbor, and he was a few years younger than me. So I, I really took advantage of that situation. And then... He didn't have any crazy bones left, so I got in trouble because he was really upset and went home and cried. And, and then, as appropriate, I got in trouble for taking advantage of a helpless child. Yeah. It was, I, I was like nine and he was seven. And I was like, those are mine now. We're playing for keeps, huh? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's why they got banned at schools. Yeah, and the Pogs and the Pokemon cards because... Yeah. Assholes like Randy Martin are going to fucking steal your shiny Vaporeon. It's the only good card you have. And then lie and bring it to school and show it to everybody else. Like it's his and you know it's not, but he'll never give it back. Yep. I still have a Machamp Pokemon card. I have three binders of Pokemon cards behind us and they're all better than anything I've ever had. They belong to my children. (laughs) Yeah. My kids have the greatest Pokemon (laughs) cards I've ever seen in my life. They're fucking great. They really are. They have some cool stuff and good decks. So... They show up with this... With the Game Boy printer. With the Game Boy printer, with the warrant for the two Jedi that just went crazy. And Han and Leia uh, shut the door. Yeah. <laughs> shut, they shut the gate in his face. Give each other this little look. Han takes a step back and Leia... Yeah, they, they're like, BRB. Yeah. We're just going to go talk to Kenneth Hamner. 
and then psh, shut the door. Yeah, poof, slams then, it right down. That's the end of that. Super smooth. Right. That, that captain's a bit of a jerk. Captain Atar or whatever yeah, his name is. Yeah, R R two or something. Yeah. No, <laughs> it can't be R two. Captain R two would be pretty good though. No, I, this scene was good. It was like for you know for picking up for us this week. It's it's you're right in the middle of the action, cleaning up the mess of the two crazy Jedi. You know the GAS is coming. What is this little standoff going to look like? But they ended up getting the Jedi into the temple. You know what I mean? They didn't have to hand them over to GAS. Yeah. And when the warrant came out, the door got shut in their face. And then chapter six picks us up with Jaina and Jag in the limo. Having their exit barred by a tank. Jag's driver gets out to tell the tank to FO. And Jag... Shares a secret, a secret secret in the back of the limo with Jaina. And he says, I'm going to tell you a secret secret, but you can't tell anybody. You can't betray me like you did back in the killer crisis when I told you a thing and then you told everybody and then I got shamed and kicked out of my life. (laughs) Yeah, I got kicked out of the the entire part of the galaxy that I'm, I'm, the Chiss Ascendancy that I'm not allowed to go back to or die. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I've been banned from my culture. Thank you. I have been exiled not only for 10 years uh, with proof of (laughs) Jason Solo's craziness uh, forever and ever. Amen. And don't ever talk to me again, says my family. But I'm going to tell you the secret. Can I trust you? And they go back and forth and Jane is like, Ah, it hurts my feelings, but ah, it's my own fault. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't trust me and all that stuff, right? So he tells her the secret. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big one. The secret is, drum roll please. We'll put that in somewhere. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> nope. Dala is hiring someone to deal with the Jedi. Mandalorians. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really, really a smart way to bring them back into the story. We had them in the last series, obviously, and I forgot about them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and like how closely tied they were to the last series by this point. Like they're out of my brain. I'm trying to wrap my head around what this needy tentacle shit out in the deep darkness is. You know what I mean? I forgot about the Mandos. And Jag tells Jaina, Dalla's thinking of asking around about hiring Mandalorians to take care of the Jedi. And Jaina realizes that's bad because Jaina knows all about the Mandos, doesn't she, Tim? Tell us why. Yeah, she spent a lot of time training with training, quotations, uh, talking (laughs) and learning um, things she should already know about. From, like, Boba and, um... You know, basic adult. The other guy that I actually liked. Goran. Goran. Bavine. Bavine. Yes. Yeah, he was cool. There were a lot of actually really cool Mandalorians. Maybe we'll get to see Mirtagev. Uh, hey, is Boba Fett still alive? And what about his wife? Oh, we got... Whoa! <laughs> There's a lot that could whoa! happen. Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I forgot about all the things 
that came along with that Mandalorian uh, thread being weaved into the subplot. Yeah, because wasn't Boba Fett and the, Dala talking a little bit? Like they they had they some were buddy kind of, buddy. At yeah, the end. they had like some sort of like evil evil. They had an agreement. Even. They they had yeah they had like a um, a survivor style alliance. Yeah, they, while while the Galactic Civil War was tearing apart the government. Yeah, and. Now she's going back to them to take care of this pesky Jedi problem. Which pay him enough. Mandos will do it. Huge secret that she can't tell anyone. But here comes Javis Tear down the street, past the tank. It just walks past it. As his spy droid flies out of the window of the limo that they were sitting in. Because during one point in the conversation, Jane is like, oh, I saw something weird move in the seat. And then puts it out of her mind to continue arguing with Jag because he says yeah. something. She thinks she thought it was like a glow rod, like a flashlight that had come yeah. loose from like the survival kit or something. Yeah. Okay. You are in a sealed, you know what I mean? Like you are in Jag Fell's limo and you see something that seems out of place and you just carry on babbling mm-hmm. about hurt feelings and why you should trust me. Was you know that? What I mean, like, that was, but that was during. That was when she was getting the information about the Mandos. It was. Bef- it was before that. She had noticed the thing before they were done settling whether or not he could trust her to tell her. Uh, okay. And then it was like she pivoted on some thing that he said and went back to the argument. Yeah, she kind of zoned in on this thing yeah. for a minute. Stop listening. And then so all, right. that was so obviously about to be a fucking spy. Yeah. Right. Or a bomb, which Jaina thinks it is. She, like, dives out of the side door, and Jag's like, what the fuck are you doing? There's a tank out there. It's madness out here. Nope. Just a little spy droid goes flying out of the window right over to Javis Tear. So Jaina does the thing that all Jedi should do, and Force grabs it. Man, nah! Brings it back. Nope. Oh, wait, you had a flying robot? Mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need your stupid controller. He's like flicking the switch. He's the, trying to get it to... all, all uh, angrily. Or <laughs> and uh, Jaina Force grabs the droid. She gets back in the limo with it, and so Javis Tear and the GAS have to suck it yep. because Jag's limo has diplomatic immunity. Yeah, and Javis Tear doesn't want to admit to planting spy droids, which is illegal. Illegal because this man is from another government. Mm-hmm. Because they're not officially part of the same government yet. Yep. And also, the cleaning droid that, like you mentioned, Han tripped over in the temple that shouldn't have been there. Another spy droid. Yep. He's got spy droids everywhere. This is not legal. You can't be... Can you? Maybe he can. Maybe he's got special permissions from Dala because she liked his little masterpiece about the... His expose. The Jedi hidden in the basement so much, right? Yeah. And I think... He gets a he does get around it because of that. He gets away with not having to admit it, but he has to give up his his uh, his catch. Probably wasn't cheap either that spy droid. No, and and so maybe then it was funded by Dala because when we first met He's this dude, he's got a dude, TV show now though. When we first met this dude, oh that's true. Yeah, yeah. So that's all part of it, I guess, is yeah. his like rise through fame as he's getting upgraded. Um, reporting tools, I'll call them straight up. Because I this guy, other than this, planting droids in places where he's not supposed to have them, he really hasn't done anything wrong. No. And 
if you're in the middle of an oppressive regime, i.e. the Jedi, that you think needs to be overthrown because they're dangerous, I can excuse the man sneaking a camera in there, right? To yeah. do reporting because he thinks they're dangerous people. They have crazy people locked in the basement. They're going crazy all over the streets at any given time with no notice. Yeah. You can excuse that. But mages are running amok. Pretty quick secret reveal almost. Yeah. <laughs> like don't tell anyone. Bzzz, a little droid <laughs> gets up and flies out the window. <laughs> <sighs> Nobody can ever hear this. Uh, okay wow that yeah. was that was pretty great i don't know i didn't like her i didn't like her just looking past that yeah weirdness in the middle of the conversation it was a little um self-involved a little self-centered is that the point right she's she's she is too self-involved and or too involved in this new relationship that she hasn't been focused on the problem like we kind of complained about it in the first or the end of the last book i should say yeah and so maybe that's kind of the point is she's even missing obvious shit. She's being a really bad Jedi because she's so caught up in this mysterious, not mysterious, this clandestine thing that she and Jag have going on. You know, he's a the head of the Empire. <laughs> she is a Jedi under scrutiny. It's a tough balancing act. So she's like, yeah, she's not paying attention yeah. to what she should be doing. And that's going to come up later because they specifically said, we're not going to let this interfere with our duties. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. And so right away though, it does because Jag tells Jaina back to the secret. Cause we, we skipped over that. Cause all the craziness with the droid, but back to the secret, Jag says, you can't tell anybody that doll is hiring Mandos. You can't tell the Jedi council. You have to break your oaths to keep my secret. You know what I mean? Like you have to put, your personal relationship over your professional duty. Mm-hmm. And she promises to. She says, yes, that's also not going to be broken promise at all. Well, right. And so it obviously puts her in a really tough spot and it's kind of a Jag should just never have said anything. Yeah. I got something that I can tell you, but you but can't you tell can't nobody. do anything about it. Yeah. Or maybe she can. Because maybe Jaina has the inside track to just contacting Boba Fett and finding out oh. information, you know? That's true. And then Dalla doesn't find out that he that he knew because they were talking about, like, maybe it was a trap. That What happened? I fucking didn't write any of this down, but now it's coming up that we're talking about it. Jag overheard Wynn Dorvin, Dalla's secretary with the pocket, hamster with the pocket 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 <laughs> pocket pocket uh, don't heat it up too long no It'll explode um uh, he jag overheard him talking about dalla wanting to hire mandalorians to take over the jedi and so of course that comes with a certain level of suspicion was that was that information i was allowed to hear on purpose to test me to see if i am going to turn it over to the jedi Blah, 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 right? This yeah. twisted web of political intrigue. Yeah, I hate it all. I would hate <laughs> being a part of that world. I know, right? A part of that world. So, let's watch a movie. Almost a really quick reveal for the secret. A Little Mermaid's great. It's not bad. Um, and as, well, I mean, they get in the limo and they are leaving. 
the GS is forced to stand down, the captain, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, Atar. I looked it up. Atar. Yeah. He says to Jaina, as she's like rolling up the window on the limo, you can't hide behind your boyfriend forever. And that is essentially exactly what she's doing here. Yep. And the fact that she has to hide under Jag's immunity is, I think, meant to show, like, the, you know, show us the pressure and the political grasp that Dala has over the Jedi right now. Mm-hmm. Like, she has Kent Hamner under her boot. Yeah. You know, she's got, she's got him under her thumb and, and pretty much has him acquiescing to every legal request of hers because he's afraid to break the law in leadership of the Jedi, you know? Yeah. He's kind of caught, I don't know, between. Yeah, because he was specifically chosen by Dala because he was amiable to all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's proving that he's not. Well, he was an old war veteran. Yeah. The duty and honor are important to him. Yeah. But so is the law. Yeah. It's, I, I think that he's, he's going too far into the, Yes, ma'am. As we're about to see in chapter seven, where the Jedi are cracking. Han and Leia are with two young Jedi apprentice helpers. That that get names, which is crazy. Yeah. In the, um, in the, in the what? In the parking lot? In, In a parking lot of the, of the Jedi temple. They've got the now seizuring Basil Warv stuck between two cars so he can't hurt himself too much. (laughs) Because they hit him with too much tranquilizer. So that's a disaster mess. <laughs> they're getting ready to move the crazies to the basement, but they're waiting for Master Silgal to come down the turbo lift. While Kent Hamner steps out instead. Furious that Han and Leia ignored the warrant and shut the door in the GAS face. He's mad about it. Because mm-hmm. as you were saying, he's becoming a little bit too much of a yes man. Yes, ma'am, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he wants to surrender Barv and Yakil to Dala because it's the law. Wow. Nice leadership, eh? Yeah. We have to let her freeze two of our Jedi and Carbonite, which I would think without a trial and stuff would be unlawful. Yep. Um, Although Valen had a trial, didn't he? But that's because he did all kinds of shit. He, like, stole speeders and broke a fucking spaceport. Yeah, I don't think he actually had a trial. I think there was. I think there was a quick one in the in the first book. Because there was a maybe. lot of legal shit kind of overlapping in the first book. But either way. Yeah. Still probably not, as you would say, constitutional. Yeah. So he's ready to just turn these two Jedi over to Dala so she can freeze them in carbonite so that he can gain a little bit of political favor with her, right? Couldn't they have just done the whole mathematical thing? You get one, we get one? Right. This worked last time, right? Yeah. (laughs) We'll take the big one, because that means we're winning by (laughs) weight. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. But because it's the law, that's the reason why he's going to just hand over two Jedi to the government to be frozen. Mm. Not cool. As Jeff O'Neill would say, he's 32 under at the no balls open. Okay. <laughs> Finally, Silgal arrives down the turbo lift to tell Hamner to get fucked yep. and take his stupid ass plan to the council if that's what he wants to do. The council. The council. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, how about that? <laughs> that's what 
the fish people sound like. I couldn't yeah. think of what their name is. The the mon cows? Yes, thank you. I didn't want to call them fish people. It's very racist. <laughs> That's racist. They actually have calamari in there. Well, I apologize to all the fish people out there. No, oh, I did it again. <laughs> but she comes down the turbo lift. She says, you're just going to give away our Jedi? Fuck you. You have to go get permission from the council if you want to do something that fucking stupid. I like her. Yeah, it was pretty great. <laughs> it was so awesome. she's like, you and you pick up the people and let's go. Let's get these Jedi down to the basement asylum where they belong so that I can study them. Boom. Girl power. Yeah, and we may have some correlation here, she says, too. Yeah. She has figured out that all of the Jedi that have gotten sick so far were young children, like age X to X, I guess to Y. That's not a range. (laughs) (laughs) Just from the range one to Y. (laughs) (laughs) They're whatever the fuck age they are. Um, when they were at shelter in the Ma during the Yuzhan Vong yes. War, this is the 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 only data correlation that she's she's finding at all. And whatever, it must be her her uh, spider sense or Scooby Snack sense. It was it. She's ninety eight percent sure is what yeah, she said. That's what she does say. Yeah. And so they, she says, "Get these in the. Let's get these people in the basement. Hey, let's get those two young Jedi to help us out. Wait a minute. Where'd they go? Where did they go?" Well, they folded their robes and ditched their lightsabers, and they seem to have quit. Yeah. Silgal says, or or Han, one or, uh, both of them, I think, in combination with each other, are like, I don't think they went crazy. No. <laughs> None of the other Jedi that went crazy calmly folded up their robes and quietly strolled away. These two Jedi apprentices just quit. Yeah. In the face of... The political pressure uh, being forced on Kenth Hamner. They quit in the face of the danger of being turned over to the government by your leader. The danger of going crazy at a moment's notice because they were young. They were probably too young, mm-hmm. but nonetheless. And so they just put their shit down and left. First of all, I... Love the size of that dick <laughs> yeah. on that on that young man and woman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, that is amazing. They're just like, wow, so this isn't for me. Yeah. I'm just going to take my force powers that I definitely still have. <laughs> yeah, those don't go away. No. Those didn't don't leave when neural, you quit. Didn't pull a neural net out of my ear and spread it out on the floor next <laughs> to the robe. Going to take those with me and I'm fucking out of here. Yeah. Are you allowed to do that? Because I asked this not specifically about the Jedi. I'm pretty sure you're allowed to leave the order whenever you want. But in fantasy tropes, Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to leave the magic castle until you finish your training. Yeah. You're not. In the Wheel of Time series, you're not. In Harry Potter, you're not. In, I don't know, whatever. Name it. You're not allowed to quit special magic school because then you're too dangerous. Yeah, you don't have your full control, yeah. Right? Or maybe you've been spurned, and then you harbor this resentment, and you come back to attack special magic school. Mm Mm-hmm. But the Jedi being so, you know, benevolent, (laughs) it's making me laugh to say special magic school. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But this is the shit we're talking about. Yeah. These two just 
straight up walked away. And because the Jedi are so like benevolent, I'm sure that's okay. They just get to walk away with their force powers. <laughs> Trained yeah. to whatever level they are. And they're like, I'm just... I'm going to put my groceries away with the force. Forget it. I'm going to get a regular desk job. I'm going to type up all my reports with the force. Ooh, don't worry about it. <laughs> I don't know. That'd be great. They just pack their shit up in a pile and they leave. Go full uh, dance around your room, full Matilda. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing around, floating things around. <laughs> and so back to the early point, the earliest point of this episode, we are having the threats and the mystery laid out more concretely for us. The threat we've been told over the last half of the last book, and now very clearly early on here, is came from shelter in the Maw. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where this mysterious, mystical Jedi going crazy, thinking everybody's imposters threat is at. And we... Have a like we have a location for it, you know what I mean? We know what it is now. They're going crazy, and it's imposter syndrome because that took a little bit to figure out. Um, between you know having multiple cases of it happen, yeah, and then now we have a location for it, and a bit of a correlation between it's all young kids who got stuffed in the shelter, yeah, during the Yuzhan Vong War. But hey, man, that memory that Ben had is probably wrong. No, absolutely. Chapter 8. Vestara. Yes. That's, yes. That's all you need. And we don't even get that much of her. Or the... We get more of her thinking about... Anyways, we'll yeah, talk about Yeah, yeah. The Lost Tribe of the Sith have arrived at a cluster of black holes over a billion kilometers in diameter. The Maw. Yep. Vestara, on the bridge of the Eternal Crusader, badass name. I like it, yeah. (laughs) That's good. Reaching out in the force through what I thought originally was the same gap that Ben and Luke flew through. I thought it's not. It's not. Yeah. Initially, it seems that way, but anyways, it's not. She's feeling through the force, through a gap around the edge of a black hole, trying to find ship, and she do. Mm Mm-hmm. He reaches back out to her with overwhelming joy at having found the incredibly powerful source of that dark side. Like pulse. What do you call that when the sun does a thing? Eclipse. No, what? No, when the sun. Oh, like like a flare. Yes. Solar flare. Yes. That dark side flare. Flare. (laughs) Woo! Couldn't think of that one. Woo! Anyways, my kids are sleeping. Woo! Right. Once you once you pop, man, you can't. You just can't stop. What am I even fucking saying? Right I have no idea. <laughs> she was reaching out to ship. Ship reached back out to her and is like, "Oh my god, I found the greatest thing ever." Vestara tries to command ship to come back, and he's like, "I don't think you understand." The power that I am uh, uh, putting myself under the purview of now, like yeah. I am, I am giving myself over to control of this Whatever. massive, <laughs> powerful entity. She reaches out, feels ship, and then feels ship let go. Yeah, 
Bye. He is very excited. But she also feels the presence beyond ship. Beyond the crescent of the black hole. Quote, even more ancient and alien than ship himself. This new presence was filled with the hunger and longing of the dark side and powerful beyond comprehension. What is it? And whatever it is was sealed up tight enough that a nobody felt it. By kilometer wide ring of black holes. Yeah. And nobody felt this presence Yeah, all this time. But now... Some of the black holes are moving out of formation. Center point being destroyed. Correct. Was exactly what I thought. Because not even being destroyed, maybe. Just they fired it a bunch of times. Yeah, they fired it. And where does that gravity beam stop? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? I don't know if it's that. I don't know if it's like your point. Maybe it it was part of keeping the system together. It was like, you know, a control further out in the galaxy and that got destroyed. But now some of the black holes are moving out of formation. Mm -hmm. And now this massive flare of dark side energy getting everybody's attention. Vestara tells her master, Lady Rhea, who is the captain of the ship. Mm -hmm. What happened? What she felt? She's the only one that can feel ship. Ship is not letting anyone else feel him. Only Vestar. Mm-hmm. Want to know why? Because she's special. Yeah, she <laughs> okay? is. Fucking make a note. Because yeah. it couldn't be more pointed out to us. <laughs> Every time she's on the page, she is very special. Yeah. She goes to a special magic school, too. <laughs> she do. I bet you can't quit that one. No. Ugh. She it's even actually, says. Yeah, it's brought up ahead. a couple of times yeah. that uh, the only way to get out is to be master or die. Essentially, you fail enough times and you're never going to fail again. And her, And in her view, it's worse to not become a Sith Saber than it is to die. Mm-hmm. Right? Like those rank one and two respectively <laughs> yeah. like that. Oh, man. But so... Vestara tells uh, tells all the Sith that I felt ship. He wants us. He's tri- it seems like he's leading us this way, and so the Sith have a big show of political maneuvering between Lady Rhea and this other fucking guy. I hate him. Whatever. Who cares? Zol two or Sith, whatever. Two, two Sith dicks threatening each other over power and control of the mission and the ship, uh, arguing over whether or not ship is leading them into a trap. Bonus question: Can we trust Vestara's feeling since she's the only one that can feel the ship? Some more veiled Sith threats and then a forced chuckle later. And the Sith are heading into the Maw. Dun-dun-dun. Just like that. Yeah. Which the Lady Rhea told a joke and nobody laughed. But I didn't get that it was a joke. It wasn't funny, no. It wasn't even a joke. It was just a statement of fact. Yeah, it was a statement. Anyways. Then she's like, nah, I'm joking. She's like... I'm joking, everyone. And then everybody bursts into Tasha's hideous laughter. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and a few uncomfortable moments later, they're heading into the mall through what is this different uh, entrance that I thought was the same entrance. I thought so, too. But as they head in, there is a third presence to be felt. Two bright seeds out near a binary system of... 
black holes, mm-hmm. which was the other entrance that Ben and Luke, Luke took. Ben and Ben and Ben and Luke. Luke. They are two bright seeds in a dark cloud of badness, and so Vestara opens herself herself up to the Force, looking for ship again, but instead, she gets the tentacle. Yeah. Quote. Join it in its ancient hiding place. This is the feeling she's getting from it, what it wants her to do. Join it in its ancient hiding place where it could keep her safe forever. All right, I stretched that part out. It's not spelled like that. but There's th- there's a dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Before it. yeah. The exact same feeling that two-year-old Ben Skywalker had in the Maw at Shelter when Before his parents he shut himself up. left in the Jade Shadow and then he shut off the Force and pulled away from the tentacle. Only Festara can't pull away from it. And as she realizes this, she hears a collective gasp from the entire crew on the bridge. And she knows that they all feel it too. Physically pulling them deeper into the maw. What (laughs) is it? Yeah, that's intense. Find out next week. When we cover Fate of the Jedi, book three, Abyss. Chapters nine through twelve. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Can you feel it? Sucker! (laughs) For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.